Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Now, from Happy Valley, here's your host, Brian Tripp. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. And we talk this week about the inaugural Big Ten Women's Volleyball Media Days that were held on August 1st and 2nd at the Big Ten Network Studios in Chicago. The Big Ten Conference actually becoming the first collegiate conference to host an in-person preseason volleyball media event, which serves as another example of the conference's commitment to elevating women's sports. Penn State, of course, was a part of the 14-team event with head coach Katie Schumacher-Kali entering her first season at the helm, but we're going to get into all of that during the podcast today. Brian Tripp, your host once again. Thanks so much for being with us. And coming up, Emily Eamon from the Big Ten Network is going to join us. She played a large role in planning this event. But here first, the reaction from new Penn State head coach Katie Schumacher-Cawley as her team had an opportunity to be represented in Chicago. I just want to thank Commissioner Warren, um, the entire Big Ten office, um, our senior women's administrators who really pushed for this event. Um, We're really lucky and fortunate to be here and... Um, I'm excited for our players and the future of eyeball, and um, we're, we're happy to be here. A great event put on by the Big Ten and the Big Ten Network to provide this platform for women's volleyball, which, as everyone knows, is an extremely popular sport. It's been at Penn State for a really long time, but with television, game days are changing. There's so much expansion. This is one of the growing sports in terms of popularity, media coverage across the country, and it's great for the Big Ten to hold this inaugural event and really help pave the way and push the path forward for women's volleyball. Not only opportunities for the coaches and student-athletes, administrators, everyone a part of this, but for fans to get to know more about their teams and those players that they love to root on each and every fall when they put on their uniforms and get out there on the court. So we're looking forward to women's volleyball season. As I said, that was Katie schumacher Collie, the head coach at Penn State, with her impressions on what the Big Ten did. And our guest today is Emily Eamon. She's a broadcaster at the Big Ten Network. She's a former women's volleyball player at Northwestern. She's done great work working on air for the conference, but also behind the scenes. She played a major role in putting this entire thing together for the inaugural Big Ten Women's Volleyball Media Days. Again, those were August 1st and 2nd, a two-day event, seven teams on one day, seven teams. Penn State actually was in day two coming back on day number two out at the Big Ten Network Studios in Chicago. So now Emily Eamon joins us to talk about how this all came to be with Big Ten Women's Volleyball. She's our guest this week on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Emily, thanks so much for the time today. So excited to be here and talk some volleyball. Yeah, it's never a bad time to talk volleyball, especially here in Happy Valley. You know, we love our volleyball up here. Oh, exactly. I mean, you guys are the volleyball mecca of the country, essentially. So I'm, I'm pumped to be here and get, get talking about it. What do you remember about your playing days competing against Penn State? You know, Penn State's always one of those teams that you mark on your calendar because um, you know it's going to be a big match. You know, regardless of how the team's doing that year, they're pretty much always in contention for a national championship, if not a Big Ten title. So, man, I remember playing at Penn State uh, the first time at Rec Hall, and I remember my jaw dropped. You know, you walk in and you see those banners hanging up uh, against the wall and on all the trophies, and it's an intimidating place, one, because of the history of that entire gym and the program, but also just because Rec Hall is an insane place to play. I will say it's one of the loudest in the entire country. Um, it's definitely, definitely top three. Those fans 
are absolutely insane. It seems like the student section has an entire scouting report of their own. So, you know, as, as the players on the other side are talking about your game, those people are talking about your personal life and it's so kind of gets to you. But I mean, I remember marking it on my calendar every year just because growing up, you know, I grew up in the, in the time when Penn State was winning all those championships. That was right when I was starting to get into volleyball. So, I mean, that's the, that's the Penn State I knew. So it was always an honor to, to play them and especially play at home for Penn State. Well, you do an awesome job now as an analyst for the Big Ten Network. And the reason we have you on is another day that's going to be circled on your calendar every year is Big Ten Women's Volleyball Media Days. Not only do you do a great job with your work, whether it's on BTN Digital or on TV with the matches, you also had a big hand in planning and coming up with the inaugural Big Ten Women's Volleyball Media Days. First, can you just tell us a little bit of background about what spurred this conversation and how it came about? Yeah, well, well, thank you for, for the compliments, Juan. I mean, there's so many people behind the scenes that make this thing run. But I do remember for initial conversations, I actually interned with Big Ten Network in 2019 before my senior year of college. And I remember meeting Sue Marriott, who's our coordinating producer um, here at Big Ten Network. And I remember we kind of threw the idea around just chatting, um, hoping it was eventually going to stick, kind of just a pipe dream at the time. But now being with the network for about a year or so, I remember initial conversations starting probably in March or April, um, really throwing the idea out there. It was Sue Marriott, our coordinating producer, and then Grace McNamara, who is our Big Ten um, conference rep. So she's kind of in charge of um, TV over at the conference in terms of volleyball. And I remember we just had a lunch one day um, at Hampton Social in downtown Chicago. And it was supposed to be, you know, an hour lunch and turned into about a three hour lunch, just chatting about any ideas that we could possibly have, you know, writing everything down, kind of shooting for the moon and hoping that, you know, we might get knocked down a little bit, but hoping that a lot of our ideas stuck. And we tried to make a blueprint based off of what, you know, Big Ten does in their media days with football and men's and women's basketball. So we kind of took their blueprint. We knew it was going to have to be a little bit smaller because, um, you know, as, as football is at a Lucas Oil Stadium and it is a massive event, but for us, we wanted to keep it a little more intimate. So we wanted to have it at the network um, office in downtown Chicago and kind of transform that whole space. But no, I remember those initial meetings. I mean, just the buy-in seemed so there. You know, we're, we're shooting all these crazy ideas out, just hoping that some of them some of them stuck. And, you know, thankfully, a lot of them did. And we ended up with a truly incredible event. Obviously, you know from your playing days or even just now, not long after your playing days, but even going back over the last decade, volleyball, as much as any sport, I think, in this country collegiately, has had this exponential rise in terms of its popularity and media coverage. Why was now the right time? Why did it make sense this year to launch this thing? That's a great question. I think just across the country, not even at the college level, but just at every level, we're seeing this boom, this push for coverage for women's sports. And I think, you know, we're, we're making strides. Of course, volleyball is breaking records now pretty much every single year with these massive games that we have um, in the regular season, but especially in the NCAA tournament. And I think especially from other networks, we're seeing them pour a lot more resources into other sports, you know, like softball or women's basketball blowing up the Women's College World Series or March Madness um, for those sports. And, and we're seeing that push toward volleyball. But I think this is a time where it feels like volleyball is truly going to take off. It feels like we're about to slingshot into coverage that we couldn't even have imagined. Um, and that, you know, us that have been in the sport for a while or even covering the sport for a while have dreamt of for so long. Um, so this, 
this felt like the right time just with the natural landscape of of college sports and sports in general right now and that push for more coverage and and more equality among coverage, um, especially for women's athletics. Leading up to the event, because I'm sure you've gotten feedback since it took place, but what type of reaction did the coaches, administrators, student-athletes have leading up to the event and their excitement or maybe even some apprehension about coming out to Chicago? Definitely. I talked to a few coaches and players before the event, and they definitely, for the most part, had no idea what to expect. Um, I think, you know, they had kind of seen what a, a Big Ten football media day or Big Ten men's or women's basketball media day looked like, but they didn't really know in terms of what that would actually look like once they got there um, at the offices. Of course, you know, we try to explain to them exactly how it's going to work, but they don't really understand until you're there. And to be fair, I mean, we on this, on my side of it, we're kind of like, all right, we, we have this setup, but you know, hopefully it goes smoothly. Um, but I think everyone, for the most part, it seems like their expectations were pretty low, um, even though we kind of, you know, gave them a blueprint of what would happen. But man, when every single team got there, it was like their jaw dropped, you know, even just walking up to the building with our like giant Big Ten Network blow up sign. Um, they knew that we put a lot of effort and time and money and resources into this event to make it special for them. And I think they really, um, they really appreciated that. I mean, I can only speak for my room. I was sitting in the digital studio pretty much the whole time unless I had a break, but pretty much every coach and player that came through just said how thankful they were and how much they appreciated it. Um, and then that was really cool to hear. I mean, I can think back to when I was a player and anyone covering our team in any capacity, whether it was a student newspaper or local reporters, just wanting to interview someone on our team, it was really cool. So to have this giant event where, you know, you're sitting in a press conference of 30 people, some national media, some local media, it was really cool just to see everyone, um, how much they appreciated, how thankful they were for it. And, you know, it, it's great that they're thankful and appreciative, but at the end of the day, like it is the coverage that they deserve and we want to provide that. And, um, you know, we hope to blow this event up bigger and bigger every year, even this year. I don't know if we were expecting to have as many media members as we did. I mean, the list ended up being over 50 media members that we just, not that we weren't anticipating it because we know that um, the media coverage is there and there are people that care, but I think, it was really cool to actually see play out and see all those people in one single room for the first time ever. You gave me a couple of really good answers there. I want to follow up on, but first, can you just describe what the day was like for the teams and players as they came through? Yeah. So essentially we were at the big 10 network offices and there was kind of two floors. There was the actual offices where we had our uh, TV studio, the digital studio, a TikTok area where kind of their resting period that they can make digital content and then a presser room. And that was upstairs. And then down below, there was probably about five or so rooms. ESPN had a room, Sirius XM radio, NCAA digital. And then we had a few um, rooms for our Athenet segments and our game side. So, you know, content that you would see mm -hmm. uh, in between sets or out of timeout. So essentially, the players um, had a Big Ten guide with them, and they would have 20 to 25 minutes per room. And whatever the outlet or media member wanted to do in that room um, was up to them. So, for example, my room was kind of the fun room. I'm asking coaches and players what actor actress would play them in a movie. Um, you know, do they like Friends or The Office better? So my room was a little more light. Um, and then they go to the presser room where they're fielding questions from all different kinds of media members. But yeah, it was essentially a four hour rotation where they would go from room to room and um, get a lot of questions, film a lot of fun content. And 
Yeah, I will say I spent a decent amount of time too in just the TikTok rest area and they had a lot of fun with that. We had fat heads of each coach out there. Um, I saw so many of these head coaches that I would never expect to see in a TikTok breaking it down and, and they absolutely crushed it. So that was pretty much um, the day for them. But between Monday and Tuesday, on Monday night, we actually had a dinner um, at Gibson's Italia right on the river. It was just players, coaches, some people from the Big Ten Conference and um, the teams repped with them. So whether that was video people, SIDs, and we all got together and had a had a dinner, had some really great speakers, Kevin Warren, the Big Ten Commissioner, Sue Marriott, the coordinating producer at Big Ten Network, Raynell Jones, the middle blocker for Maryland, and then Alicia Glass Childress um, from Penn State, who, as as you all know, starting setter from 06 to 09, absolute stud. Um, but the dinner was was so cool. It was a time for us all to get together everyone in the room for the first time. I mean, we don't have a conference tournament. So this was truly the time that all these coaches and players could be in one space and just mingle, get to know each other. Um, I mean, so many of the players and coaches are friends anyway. So it was a, it was a good time for them to get together as well. Yeah. I've always found that I actually started working right out of school. I was a volleyball radio broadcaster for Penn state for three years, right out of school. And it's such a small knit community. Like that's what makes volleyball. I think really, really fun because whether it's going to all these travel tournaments or camps, everyone seems to know each other. Once they get on the court, all those friendships are out the window. Oh, it was so funny. And I think some of us were a little nervous for the dinner. We we kind of expected some teams to kind of be off on their own and maybe it would be awkward. Like, you don't know how it's going to be with Wisconsin and Nebraska. You know, you just, you have no idea. Um, but no, I mean, we got up there and it was like, everyone is basically one big group. All the girls played, you know, club together. They know each other maybe once removed, but everyone's friends all the coaches were just having a blast it was it went not that we expected it to go badly but it just went it went so so well you know so much networking going on across the room too you know people taking pictures of each other pictures with people um it just was it was absolutely amazing because you guys hit it so much out of the park in the first year where does this foundation set up the big 10 or other conferences where do you hope that this goes from here what what does it lead to not only at the big 10 but across the country i mean i hope other conferences follow suit i mean that was one thing that we talked about was we're really proud at at the big 10 and at the big 10 network to be kind of the trendsetters you know we're not being reactive we're being proactive we see the kind of coverage that our players get um especially in the big 10 and in the coaches and the teams and and we know that people want to hear from them um a lot of times we, we hear these athletes talked about, but we don't hear from them. So this is kind of that opportunity to give them that floor. And, and hopefully these other conferences and, and potentially networks are going to follow suit and, and start doing the same thing, whether that's, you know, in a smaller capacity, a virtual setting or whatever they have, you know, the resources to do. But I mean, for us, for Big Ten Needy Days, we hope that it blows up every single year. I hope that we're in the place where we can't even hold it at the office anymore because there's just so many people that want to come. Um, it definitely was a great way to lay the foundation and groundwork and get the ins and outs. Um, you know, we're already getting suggestions and things that we did well, things we could improve on. Um, but hopefully, I mean, in the next few years, like hopefully this event will just absolutely explode in the way that we think it will. What impressed you? And I watched a lot of the coverage. What impressed you about the way the coaches and athletes who maybe aren't accustomed to this setting, what impressed you about the way they handled this for the first time too? Yeah, I, well, one, I was really impressed by all the new coaches um, that we met. So, yeah, Katie Schumacher-Colley, who, of course, has, you know, been in the league for a while now. But Jim Barnes from Iowa, um, Leah Johnson at Michigan State, I thought they handled it very, very well just from 
a perspective of joining this league from kind of lesser known teams that aren't covered as much. I thought they handled the spotlight really well. I was really impressed by them. And then the student athletes, I mean, yeah, you, you look at players at Wisconsin and Nebraska, Penn State, people that are covered kind of on a day-to-day basis. But for most of these other teams, that is very much not the case. Again, I can think back to when I was playing. It was just exciting when anyone was wanting to talk to you, even if it was just one reporter um, talking to the star player. It was exciting, but I was so impressed by, you know, just how well-spoken everyone was, how how well they answered all all the questions that were thrown at them, whether it was from the presser or, you know, from me, whoever, whoever that may be. I thought they were so well-spoken and I can speak for the digital room. I mean, all the players were so fun. Um, I think it's, it doesn't happen that often where you really get to see players' personalities and, and coaches as well. But, I mean, they were so much more fun and loose and just excited to be there than I thought they would be. I thought, you know, coming in, they would be pretty nervous. And, you know, I will say for the first few rotations, you know, people are getting their jitters out. Yep. They were a little nervous. But, man, like one or two rotations in, like those players just could not stop talking. It was it was really cool to see. All right, we'll let you go on this. For Penn State fans, what can they expect from Katie schumacher Collie? What were your impressions of your conversations with her? She's a special coach. Katie schumacher Collie is a very special coach. Um, I think she cares about her players so much. She's been around that program for so, so long that I think she has a good grasp of what it means to play and to coach Penn State Volleyball. Um, I think this team is going to be good. I think they'll be better than a lot of people expect. Of course, they had a lot of players leave, transfer out, but they brought a lot of good people in. They brought a lot of good players in. Um, I think it'll be fun to watch the battle of the outsides as it kind of has been for the past, you know, one, two years. Um, but I think we'll have that again. But I think it'll be fun. I mean, it's a team that's always scrappy. They're always going to put their best effort out on the court. And I think at the end of the season, a lot of us are going to be surprised by how well they do. And I know the joke at Big Ten Media Days was that there won't be a no tie rule on the bench because Katie's not going to wear a tie naturally. <laughs> hey, you never know. I could see her maybe throwing a fake bow tie on or something. <laughs> but no, I mean, she is, no, she she will do an outstanding job. Um, and just, I mean, the roots that Penn State has, you, even at Media Days, you got to talk about it. But, you know, thinking about Steve Aird, Adam Hughes, all these coaches talking about Russ Rose and the legacy that he left. I mean, Katie is a direct reflection of that. And, and I think, learning from him for so many years, she's going to be absolutely stellar in her first year. Emily, thanks for the great stuff. I know our fans are going to see a lot of you here over the next couple of months. Have a great volleyball season. Thank you so much. Hopefully I'll get out to, I get out to rock all this fall. What great perspective there from Emily Eman, our guest this week on Let's Go State. Also heard at the beginning, the quote from Katie Schumacher Cauley on what that experience was like for Penn State women's volleyball as they went out to Chicago for the first time for Big Ten Women's Volleyball Media Days. That wraps up this week's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you rate, subscribe, and review our podcast. And also, you can leave in the comments, who would you like to hear from on an upcoming episode? Thanks again for tuning in to Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics.